In this week's episode, I get awfully salty about some of the new books for Marvel, from Star Number One to Ruins of Ravencroft Carnage. Oh, and Chris breaks down why Miles is the superior Spidey. Come at us. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hello, Cover B family. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of, of Cover B. No, I was going to make something up, but I, I froze. <laughs> I panicked. You panicked. I was going to be like, welcome to another episode of Batman Beyond, but nothing happened. Yeah, it was nothing just came like out. wheels churning, steam coming out of my ears. <laughs> I was like trying to get to the top of the roller coaster, and I, I wasn't going to get there. Fair enough. Anyway, um, so, <laughs> so that insanity happened. Uh, there were comics this week. There were. Um, I gotta admit, I wasn't really blown away by anything this week. Um, like, we have stuff to talk about. I just, yeah, nothing I have, really, like, rang true in yeah, the nothing was annals like of history. Spectacular. There were yeah. things that were better than I was expected. There were things that were lamer than I expected. Mm-hmm. And I have opinions, because I never lack for opinions. But, yeah, yeah. I agree. There was nothing that was like... Oh, snap, this is going to be the best thing ever. Yeah. I'm just sort of like, oh, hey, comics. So go. anyway, if you want to kick us off, go ahead and dive into that star number oh, one. Yeah, so I felt obligated to talk about this because I've given it so much shit already. <laughs> it hadn't even come out yet. So as you guys know, I had a lot of opinions about the end of the storyline in Captain Marvel relatively recently, like a few months ago. When we got the reveal of Star as being effectively no one who mattered. Yeah. And doing the same crap for like the fifth time during the plot. Mm-hmm. And it was just really repetitive and not one of the most shining Kelly Thompson moments. And I was admittedly disappointed because they hold her to a higher standard because she's my girl. And like... You know, if you can write Deadpool, you can write Captain Marvel, not suckery. Come on. <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, Deadpool and Captain Marvel are basically the same person. They both, I'm just saying. They both have red in their costume. Uh, look, she was able to bring something Marvel fresh. Characters. She was able to bring uh, something fresh to Deadpool. I don't understand how that same effort and energy couldn't have been spent on the new baddie for Captain Marvel. Right? That's all I'm saying. It did feel very... um. Bleh. It felt, yeah, it felt, <laughs> it felt very corporate. It felt very yes. like, we need a new character, give us one. And she okay, was like, all right, here you go. go. Now I'm going to do this last Avenger story arc, which do is the one care? I really want to do. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, like, it was just like going through the motions to get to this, the meat that she really it wanted It felt very to. video game, you know what yeah. I mean? Where it's like, hey, here it is. You it's need done. another boss before we can go to this other boss. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, I agree. It just felt very, like, so, forced. However, being Kelly and being me, I was like, well... I guess I'll read star number one to see what she's doing. So she's, it's a very interesting shift because she went from like star is a total psycho kind of crazy bitch. A Rooney Dooney in Captain Marvel Uh to like, actually she's just sort of this like weird wrong place, wrong time, bad circumstance. She's got trauma. How about you? She's got trauma. Whoop de doo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or that. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And so I don't hate 
her depiction now, I feel like it gives her more room for growth. Um, admittedly, and mild spoilers, it doesn't really spoil anything because nothing super happened in this book. Um, but I wanted to say shout out to Kelly because she's writing a character that I'm like, ugh, fine. And then she's like, oh, hey, but I'm bringing in Scarlet Witch. I was like, oh. Oh, that's cool. Now I'm interested. <laughs> that makes sense, too, because Star's got, like, the reality stone yeah. embedded in her, right? Yeah. And she brought in Scarlet Witch and Jessica Jones. The last ending page is literally Star with Jessica Jones and Scarlet Witch. And I was like, Kelly Thompson, you bitch. You, like, looked at me and you were like, I know you don't want to read this, but you will now. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, this one's for you. She, like, pointed me in the face and was like, hey, I'm going to make you read this. And I was like, damn it. Okay, fine. All right, cool. So Jessica Jones is a super badass in this book. And Scarlet Witch shows up all, like, in a very, like, Stephen Strange-style way, being like, stop what you're doing or the rest of the universe will dissolve. And you're like, uh-oh, that's not great. And it's, it, I'm, I'm okay. I'll read it. Mm-hmm. fine sure you put in my girls fine i'll read it mm. you win kelly you win <laughs> fair enough she she just had to market it to you better yeah she, she just had to put the characters i actually gave a damn about in the book and she did like this one's for you t fine keep reading my book t fine I'll read it. <laughs> um, so coming out this week from Marvel is uh, Marvel's X number one. So this is actually like a, I believe it's like a prequel to a book that came out like decades ago, I think. Uh, Earth X. Huh. Um, Earth X was like an alternate universe story from Alex Ross. Um, and some other people. I just know Alex Ross was on it. Fair. Um, and I, I've never read it. I never read EarthX. I just never got around to reading it. Um, I've seen the trades of it. The covers are always look great because it's Alex Ross. Um, as far as I know about it, it's kind of similar to Dead Man Logan, where there's like a lot of like wasteland and like okay. heroes and villains kind of push to the edge kind of things mm-hmm. going on. Uh, it then spun into Universe X and oh. something else. So there were like three series. And then now Marvel's X is coming out. Um, but yeah, there's uh, like Black Bolt releases the Terrigen Mists and that like kills off a bunch of people. But then people also get superpowers. But then they also turn into like these weird mutant things and stuff like that. So they, it's like chaos and crazy. Um, however, for Marvel's <laughs> X, you don't have to read Earth X. True. To really kind of like yeah. get what's going on. Um, like I said, I haven't read Earth X and I understood what was happening. I like it because it seems like from what I read about, you know, synopsis, synopses, synopses, uh, Synop- synopses of, um, huh. Of the Earth X stuff, um, Marvel Marvel's X seems like it's going to be very street level. It follows yeah. just this normal kid who is like one of the few people to not be affected by the Terrigen Mists. 
So he's got no superpowers, but that puts him at a loss because there's tons of just normal people that now have superpowers and are rioting and causing chaos and trying to eat people and stuff like that. Um, so he is at a disadvantage being unaffected by the terrorists and stuff. Um, and so it's very street level. It's very like low to the ground, uh, very like centrally focused. Um, and I think that's a cool take on it. Uh, you know, we've seen these sort of wasteland things before, but they always focus on one of the heroes trying to adapt. Yeah. You know, so like old man Logan was, you know, Wolverine. So it's like, oh, okay. You know, even though he's got his whole like, I don't want to pop my claws ever again thing going on. He's still freaking Wolverine. Yeah. So like what's going to happen? Um, and I think this is a nice tie in between this universe and then, like, the Marvels thing that they do uh, that focuses on kind of the, like, normal people surrounded by all the superhero stuff happening. Right. Um, so this cool. is taking that concept and putting it in this kind of, like, wasteland thing. It was pretty good. It was very dark. Super dark. Yeah. Like, it, it was very affecting, in my opinion. Like, the way they described how stuff was happening and going down was just, like very disturbing like they talk about the terrigen miss less as like we always think of them as like you go into a coon and then you come out miss marvel but like they describe this as like you start scabbing yeah you get scabs and the scabs kind of grow into this and turn into like yeah a shell like that's jacked up Mm -hmm. like that's super disturbing and like you lose mobility (laughs) and stuff like that yeah it, when they first started talking about, like, Chrysalis, I was like, oh, okay, so it's the Terrigen Mist. But then as they started describing it, I was like, this is way more messed up than any description I've ever had of the Terrigen Mist. Like, this is upsetting. Mm-hmm. So, but it was cool. It's a cool way to look at, like, and a different to be different fair, there's a lot situation. of things that happen in the Earth-X series that are also very, very dark. Um, like, just remembering some stuff that I read, like... <laughs> There's this emergent uh, psychic. So, like, this one guy develops psychic powers and effectively is so powerful and, like, mind control powers and ex- effectively is so powerful that he kills off, like, every psychic in the world. Oh, God. Like, whoosh, there you go. You're all dead. Oh, um, no. And then starts, like, raising an army and stuff. Um, and Why it's is up that to always America the thing? to stop him and whatnot. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, it is a dark story. It's one of those sort of like Elseworld alternate timeline kind of stories. Um, it's got a really cool looking version of, uh, Ghost Rider in it. Like, I'm excited to see him actually like reveal that he's Ghost Rider. Um, he's just like some truck driver with flame tattoos right now. Oh, that's cool. And I was like, wait, John, who do we know that's John? And I was like, oh, it's totally Ghost Rider. That's so, cool. Um, so we'll see. Um, I'm excited to see this one develop. The art's pretty good. Uh, it handles the source material really well. Um, and yeah, it was it was a cool read. So that's a cool one to pick up. It's just going to be like a, like a six-issue mini. So, Speaking of minis... Marvel also put out another title this week um, that is actually a one-shot called The End, Miles Morales. Yep, so they've started, over the next few weeks, they're going to be doing 
these books the end the final blank story um it's effectively just marvel realizing that characters dying is a cash-in for them yeah and manipulating the speculative market again yeah um (laughs) yeah they've they've really like marvel's this is too much tea for the morning but um (laughs) marvel has realized that a big portion of their money comes from because they don't get paid by you guys or by us by readers they get paid by stores that's how they make their money and as stores become more savvy on speculation which is you know the practice of being like this is going to be a key book this book's going to go up in price this book is going to have key characters in it those stores are going to order more heavily of on those books, books that could possibly be key books. Yeah. Um, and Marvel's realized this and for the past like two years has been doing everything they can, more than like three or four, maybe five years, everything they can to manipulate that market. And that's why you see books constantly going back to number ones. Uh, you see like every week there's a new character being introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably why we have Star. It's probably why we have Star. And now they're doing these minis called The End, which effectively are, like I said, it's going to be the final blank story. So the final insert superhero here story um, ever told. And it's going to be an alternate timeline story out of canon about that character's final moments. And this week, it was Miles Morales um, as old man Spatty. (laughs) It. Here, here is my summarizing opinion of this one shot. Mm. I love the story. Mm. I love the cir- circumstance of it. I love the depiction of Miles. I think it was really cool. Um, I like the like mild world building they were able to do in a very short time. However, the art style is so unbelievably distracting and chaotic and overwhelming that there were times when I couldn't tell what was happening on the page. Fair. Okay. It yeah. was so much. It was very, in, I don't want to say intense, but very, uh, very loud. Yeah. Very loud. There was just art. so much yeah. happening. Too um, many colors and lines and stuff. I also really like this one. I, um, I just like Miles so much and I'm just Same. really ready for the world to accept that Miles is the better Spider-Man. <laughs> because like, if you look at it, like it's, it's kind of the difference between, um well i don't have a good no it's kind of the difference between like batman and then like batgirl and batwoman okay yeah it's very similar in that like honestly in my opinion batgirl batwoman are better bat people bat people in many ways however batman's just like so damn effective that he just gets shit done yeah um but only if he's brooding but the reason i bring this up is because like when you look at, like, Spider-Man and Batman, they both have very similar reasons they're doing what they're doing. Right. Someone important to them died, and they want to make sure that never happens ever again. Right. With Spider-Man, it was his Uncle Ben got shot. He, you know, it's accepted that, like, he has these powers. He has to do what he can with them. If he doesn't, somebody gets hurt. Right. So it's this constant paranoia, effectively, that if he doesn't act, who else is going to... You know what I mean? And right. that comes up a lot in his stories where, like, a supervillain's doing something crazy and Mary Jane or somebody close to him will be like, just, like, take a step back. 
you know, your other spider people got it. Just chill. You know, that was a big part in, uh, like, the Spider-Man 800, the Red Goblin kind of buildup. Right. He got the crap beat out of him, and he had, like, Venom and Doc Ock and, you know, the other spider folks helping him out against this Red Goblin. And they were like, dude, just go sit down and heal. And he was like, but if I don't, who will? You know what I mean? All these people and, you're literally talking you know, to right now, Peter. And granted, the Red Goblin made quick work of them because story. Um, Sigh. You know, you've got like 15 superpowered spider people coming down on you. But, you know, it's not Peter. So I'm all of a sudden super badass and just killing these people. Super. Bloop, bloop, bloop. I'm filling them with little Man. carnage darts. Marvel, stop being so condescending yeah. to the anyway, spider people. Um, <laughs> But, you know, my my wrapping it back around. So his motivation for doing this is literally because he feels this, like, guilty obligation to do it. Right. That said, he has quit multiple times. Oh, or yeah. Or been pushed to the brink of quitting multiple times. Then you have Miles, who is literally just doing this because he was inspired by his universe's Peter, who died doing this. Right. Um... And as far as I know, I haven't kept up with much of the Miles Morales stuff, but has maybe been pushed to the brink of quitting a couple times, but not nearly as many. And literally just does it because he wants to be a hero. He wants to be a beacon of hope. He believes that people need hope. And so here in this book, we see this old Miles who's been doing it forever, whole time, who has, you know, with the help of his friend whose name I can read, but never say, um, <laughs> it's like gonky. <laughs> I, I have no idea how you pronounce that name. Yeah. Gank. Anyway. Um, someone correct me, please. <laughs> Cause yeah, I have give no us idea. like a translator um, on, on the comments. Anyway, with the help of his friend, basically make Brooklyn this protected safe zone in a world overrun by these giant, like, germs quote-unquote yeah that are these like monsters that just consume and he's just continuing to do that he's continuing to be a beacon of hope he's constantly telling gank's uh daughter like hey you know you got to remember to have fun like lighten up it's good to do all this stuff and it's good to do good and it's good to be a hero but you got to remember to have fun and you got to remember why you're doing it for that's so very miles and it's so cool this idea that he would just like continue being that way um and it, it just like he's just a better spider-man he's not doing it because of any obligation to do it he's doing it because he wants to do it and he his responsibility lies in other people in the hearts and minds of other people yeah as opposed to like if i don't do it and someone gets hurt how will i live with myself you know what i mean it's like I do this to inspire others to do the same, you know? Part of what I think makes Miles the better Spider-Man is just that, sorry fans, this is going to be a hot take that's going to get us a whole lot of hate. We're already spilling that tea, just keep on spilling. Miles is just a better person. Yeah. Everybody uses Peter as this, like, beacon of pure Boy Scout cute goodness and his cute little snarky quips and, oh, you compare to Black Cat and he's always like, no, you're supposed to do the right thing. But, like... There's a reason he can roll around with Deadpool. So much of his, like, like, boy scoutiness 
is forced. Mm -hmm. He does it because he thinks he's supposed to, not because he actually feels that way. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had the conflict with Black Cat to begin with. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't have been slightly swayed to choose the bad girl life. Like, you wouldn't even consider it if he actually practiced everything he preached. But he does. Yeah, he does at times, depending on the story and depending on the writer, have a little bit of an elitism to him. Yeah. Um, Especially in the face of, like, other spider people. He kind of, like, you know. But I'm the Spider-Man. I want to help you. I want to be here for you. I am here if you need advice. But please don't latch on to me. You know what I mean? I got other stuff like, to do. Like, to the extent where, like, I get they're busy, they're super people, but, like, in, uh... Oop, I got an alarm going off. <laughs> you just heard some Westworld music. Um, <laughs> no copyright infringement. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, in the incoming book that came out recently, there was a segment that was, like, Miles and Peter saving this, like, semi-truck that was falling off of a bridge, right? Right. And when they're done, they, like, sit down, and Peter's like, Hey, man, it's been forever since we've talked. And it's like, you're in the same city. You're both spider people. You know, like, he became a Spider-Man because of an alternate universe version of you. Probably a better version. And I'm pretty sure when he first came into this universe, you connected with him and helped him out a lot. So, like... What are you doing? What What else are you doing? What is your I drama? I feel like if that were the situation, you'd try to, like, let's make sure we meet up once a week and share notes at least even if it's like a superhero business meeting like Just i so feel you like you know what's going on in the yeah, city hey what bad guys are you fighting right now here's the ones i'm fighting if you see a lizard running around do something about it you know what i mean like it's it's you know I, even if you have like a lieutenant sergeant kind of relationship it's still like you're of the same cloth. Yeah, yeah. Even if like you're the spider general and he's your spider majors, you know these other spiders are like the silks and the, you know Mileses and the spider Gwens. There, you're like other spider people. At least like meet with them from time to time and be like, mm-hmm. like even if you're not gonna be friendly and be like, hey, you know like, I care about you. What? How's life, bud? You just had a baby sister. Oh my god. How's that going? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even if you're not going to be like that personable with them, at least meet up with them from time to time. I don't know. I feel it's, like I it's can... weird. And so I just, <laughs> I want people to accept that Miles Morales is a much better Spider-Man. And I really want people to read more of his stuff. And um, this one was really cool. Like I said, because it just, a lot of times when we get these like post-apocalyptic world, they're at the end of their rope kind of superheroes. It's like your old man Logan's. It's like your they're grizzled and they've seen too much and they just want out of it and they just want to stop and they're they just, over it yeah they're just sad and depressed and gritty and this was you know in a way the loud artwork went along with the title you get like or the message you got to just remember to have fun and it was just this hopeful bright-eyed like having fun with it beating the crap out of this captain america knockoff like miles being miles and he was just this beacon of hope, and it was super duper cool to see. Now, stay tuned for a future episode in which I give a direct, scholarly, very high level literary comparison of why Spider Man and Batman are the same person, because I can see it very clearly now. 
<laughs> There's a lot of similarities there. There's yeah. a lot, and it's kind of oh, yeah. racking my brain. Yeah. And I don't think I noticed it before. I always felt like, yeah. you know, you just you think of Spidey as so like, like pleasant and and bright colored and quippy, mm-hmm. and then you think of Batman is all like dark and broody and butthurt about everything. But they're not so different, them and I. Them and them. Them and them. Um, yeah, no, I mean the comparison is huh. pretty, pretty close to make. There's stuff there. That'll so. be that'll be that'll be like a one of our side episodes. I mean, their arch nemesis is green and purple. Son of a bitch. <laughs> there you go. Moving on. Um, so ruins of Ravencroft Carnage number one. So this is another series that Marvel's doing. Um. Does it feel like another cash-in speculation series? Yes. Yes. Um, but, hey, whatever. It could be cool. Effectively, they're trying to turn Ravencroft Asylum into their version of Arkham. Ravencroft has always just kind of been off on the side. It's where Carnage was. It's where a lot of the crazy people have been. Um, but it's never really had a lot of details and background like Arkham has. Arkham has this rich lore and rich history behind it. And I don't feel like Marvel's ever really done that with Ravencroft. No. So they're doing a new series. It's going to focus around a different inhabitant of Ravencroft with each issue. Um, And it's honestly a direct follow-up to the Absolute Carnage series. So if you read that one, this would be a good... And you want more, this would be a good place to kind of jump in. Um, Ruins of Ravencroft, the first issue focuses on Carnage. And... Um, it was weird. It, I I don't know if uh, the other issues are going to be this way. Um, it's written by Frank Thierry. It's well written, and it's a like he does a good job with. You know, initially we see like Misty and Jameson, uh, young Jameson, John Jameson, and uh, Kingpin hanging out at the ruins of Ravencroft, and he does a good job writing those characters and those kind of dynamics. Um, and then we, they find this journal and it kind of like jumps into the past and overall the story is told really well. Um, the only real like weirdness is effectively they set up that like the ground Ravencroft and this is total spoilers, but you can still read it. The ground Ravencroft was built on is like cursed ground. Um, and the two things they kind of establish is a null, you know, big venom god out in space um who has been a big part of donny cates's runs and jason aaron's mentioned him he came up in uh war of the realms he's obviously going to be a big part coming forward he had a portion of incoming um he's going to there's going to at some point be a big event in marvel where noel makes it to earth uh so it's important that he keeps getting brought up but this one was kind of weird because it effectively established that during like colonial times mm-hmm. colonial america times um noel already had an effect going on there was a cave of these like cannibalistic tribe of people that were all like obviously affected by symbiote by noel. um i mean not directly symbiote but like somehow he had warped their brain the spiral image came up a bunch yeah they had like cave drawings of noel on the and wall they had, like black eyes and yeah stuff. they had like black eyes <laughs> so somehow he had an effect on this area where ravencroft eventually would be built 
Um, then we, you know, we follow along with this guy whose wife gets kidnapped. He goes to rescue her. She's fine. Like she handled herself, handled her own biz. She's strong, independent colonial woman. Don't need no man. And he's like, I'm going to kill all these savages. Well, he goes in this cave, comes out, goes into town, starts killing people, has gone crazy, keeps shouting, God is coming. And then we find out that that's like Cletus Cassidy's ancestor. Cletus Cassidy being Carnage, who just did the whole like absolute Carnage, which was fully focused on Carnage trying to awaken Null and like worshiping Null. So it's just, it's. And his wife was Ravencroft. Yeah. And stuck him effectively in a box, yep. which would become the first, first Ravencraft. Res- yeah, so yeah. it was a weird, it was a weird bunch of connections that don't make a lot of sense. You know what I mean? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Uh, as you said, it was written well. The beginning dialogue was cool. If they focus on like the end, kind of shows that there's like this whole big structure underneath the ground of Ravencroft. Mm. If they focus on that and make it more like horror movie esque, that could be cool. Well, to to be f- just on that, I think that is going to play into the next issue is Sabretooth. Oh, so what I think that facility they find under the building is going to get revealed as, like, a Weapon X facility. Oh, uh, okay. That's just me guessing. Yeah, um, fair. I don't know if that's... But, but that's kind of how I... I hope it. that that matters more, because this flashback, I'm going to say it, it was really dumb. Like, this was some of the, like, laziest feeling tie-in, like, ever. <laughs> like, you're going to use... Cassidy's like ancestor like really that's what's yeah. happening like it just it was an odd choice it was dumb to make <laughs> like... to make the Noel stuff like familial and like it just felt very name droppy and very like like it, it was one of those moments where like the curtains pulled away and the reveal is kind of less than impressive I don't know. I I, I I rolled actively. I feel like I would have rather had, like, new characters and new stories being told as opposed to this, like, hey, you know all this Null stuff? Well, guess what? It was already happening. It's like we knew. It was always here. I don't care. With the story of Null, we know that he's already been, like, had an effect on Earth. Like, there's right. the Grendel symbiote, which is this big dragon. It was grendel from the beowulf story because it was out in like viking world like effing up vikings oh. and then thor came down and was like you stop it and beat the crap out of it which <laughs> is why i think i'm really excited for the knoll crossover because they recently made a connection between like thor oh it was in a recent venom book venom got invited to join the avengers and he was like uh and oh. <laughs> Uh, the Venom symbiote looked at anyway, Thor and was like, this is the one that defeated the god. On Earth he would be a powerful happened. ally. So, like, Thor is going to be an important part when Null comes to To kind of have this oh. Null and Thor already have why some sort he was of connection. Here. Oh, okay then. Like, Thor was what oh, defeated cool. Null. Wouldn't it be fun if we could connect this to Carnage like, in more of a way? Good to you know, know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. I, I wasn't feeling the weird reveals of this book no but overall it was kind of cool i'd like to see them make ravencroft into this like 
dark, twisted Arkham-type place. Uh, but if they keep just using this as a, like, reason to add, like, unnecessary background and historical details to previous characters, then, I don't know, it doesn't seem worth it. I agree. It just, it felt really cheap and lazy and, like, I don't know, just a weird... A weird way to utilize what could effectively be, like, a really cool Arkham-style book. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of a waste. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> Next on my docket, so Matt Hawkins, whom we know I love, uh, he has a new title out, which I'm very excited about, called The Clock. So he's done a series of science fiction oriented um kind of dark apocalyptic type things a couple times um mm. i've read think tank there's been a few others that he's done yeah he um under the top cow umbrella yes that, that image yes it's like every once in a while they're like matt you're allowed out of your cave and he's like i have a new book for you sir and it's great Is he like he's like the leader of top cow right yeah i think so yeah. it's like his thing it's great i enjoy top cow I feel like it don't get enough love. True. But the clock is a, basically about a viral cancer infection mm. that is rapidly mass spreading. Some people are affected. Some people aren't. And they haven't been able to figure out why or what the trigger is. Um, it can't be treated by standard cancer treatments thus far so like chemo's not working and things like that aren't working mm. um and we are following the perspective of a researcher scientist doctor guy who has been studying cancer anyway um and then decided to start studying this viral infection and his wife dies from the infection hmm and so it's interesting because this is one of the things I love about Matt Hawkins' work is that it's very much character pieces. They they all of his stories from Postal, which I adore, to like the tithe, to all of these different things. It's always very much about the people and the story is always a really cool story, but it, it always comes second. Mm. And I really like that because I feel like it it really validates your story to make you care about the people first because then when stuff happens in the story he's able to make really strong surprises out of things that maybe wouldn't be as surprising if we were focused yeah. super hard on the story all the time it's it's you end up focusing on the ripples not the stone yeah you know yeah I mean? exactly it's, it's like the reason i love trees so much is that it's this massive global alien invasion book effectively yeah but it's all about like people and their reaction to it yeah it's not about like aliens pouring out of this thing and so there's these hints of like where the story is going to progress but then you have like political intrigue and like organized crime and you know small town noir stories and stuff like that like all these other things happening and then it's like in addition there's this alien stuff happening. yeah you know and that's and like Postal, for example, is like, oh, there's this town and the complex, like, intrigue that goes to having this random town in the middle of nowhere that houses criminals and, like, the government kind of knows about it. And, like, you know, 
certain politicians get like their their children at this place to keep them out of jail and like all this stuff and like it's it's high level there's a big level of conspiracy happening in this book but we focus on the one you know Asperger's kid whose mom kind of ran it but it's and it and like she'll run it but it's not about her running it it's about her and her relationship mm. to her son and her and her relationship to her situation and like it's just a really cool way to view stories by looking at it from like the top of someone's head rather than looking at them straight on as an onlooker mm. like you're like half it, it's almost like mixing narrative styles i don't know if that's a weird way, way to say this but like you're half like third person omniscient and half first person like, mm-hmm. and that's how Postal is, too. Like, he is narrating, and so we very much see things through his perspective and his yeah. opinion, but we're seeing everything. Like, we're watching him walk around. Does that make sense? I don't know. It's just a really cool way to do things, and the clock is going to be very much like that. And this one, I feel like, is going to be very, very interesting because this one feels much closer to home. Like, it definitely feels like a story that could happen Mm -hmm. like it's not unreasonable that a cancer like strain could become viral some sort of strange epidemic yeah it takes over and it's like how is the government going to respond well half of you know some people on the congress are going to panic and want to like tell everybody which then stirs like mass hysteria or there's some people that want to keep it close to the chest and very quiet but then you're effectively not giving people an opportunity to try whatever they want to protect themselves and like we're seeing those things in his lens of i just want to be able to figure this thing out and then there's like a bit of a a like surprise twisty bit where at the very end sorry spoiler but he effectively gets a note from unknown sources and saying he finds out he's related to cletus cassidy no this is actually a good plot Ooh. um he gets a note saying that his wife was murdered oh no and you're like well how could she be murdered if she got the strain which yeah. then is the strain weaponized was it not the strain that killed her what what is happening there yeah so like it then brings in this like weird political murder intrigue like it's just cool it's just cool it's really cool it's yeah. it's it's gonna be a cool book um it's it's not particularly fast-paced as a book um honestly most of matt hawkins aren't they're not they're not speed runs they are very much like you're gonna sit in the trenches and you're gonna figure out what's going on in his head and that's just you're gonna have to deal with it and that's just how it is um but i really enjoy it and i really enjoy his writing and so anytime he comes out with a new ip i'm like yay <laughs> hurrah <laughs> let's do it <laughs> and and i'm sorry ravenclaw i i did enjoy a lot of the bits of the book i just really thought that bringing in cassidy's ancestor was a dumb choice this is the tea is hella bitter episode (laughs) look i just i really like horror stuff so i was like yeah horror and then it was like it's actually carnage's grandpappy and i'm like that's not that's a cheap that's like a direct to netflix horror movie stop it i mean i had a hunch when (laughs) 
you know, I saw that the solicitations for these were all, like, based off of different characters. I was like, oh, it's just going to be, like, weird retconny stuff. But um, who knows? Ooh. There's going to be another Ravencroft title coming out in a couple months. So maybe, maybe I'll wait for that one. I think it's... um. Not ruin. This one's ruins of Ravencroft, right? Yeah. I forget what the other one's called. Anyway, um, that's gonna do it for us. That is it for this week. Uh, like I said, there's some good stuff on the shelf, but I just wasn't like overly blown away by anything personally. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there's plenty of other stuff out too. It was still a pretty big week. Just a lot of like continuation stories and whatnot. No real like new story arcs and everything. So. Uh, let us know what you guys think. Let us know how to pronounce Miles Morales' friend's name. That's really important. <laughs> That's the takeaway here is, is it Gank? Is it Gank? Is it Gonky? Gonka? Gonka, maybe? Gangnam style? Anyway, uh, <laughs> just keep us posted. And uh, yeah, if you want more Cover B, you can find us online. Our website is, now this is going to be tough, so it's kind of confusing. Are you ready? coverbpodcast.com yeah now if you want to get really really specific with it it's http stop it what is it colon backslash backslash is that how that works yeah www.coverbpodcast.com except they don't actually have to do that yeah they don't anywhere i mean assuming you're using like give you a a web page and they're like yeah you gotta go to www. Though, I will say, I have experienced multiple times in my life where I've been working on, like, a landing page, and mm. I'm like, all right, just go to blah, 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 dot com, and then it doesn't work because you actually had to put in the www because there was something broken about your certificate. Nice. I understood uh, all of that. Guys, technology is hard. I'm not the tech guy. Anyway, um, <laughs> even though I do the editing, weird. We'll, we'll ruminate on that. Anyway, um... <laughs> So, and you can also follow us on the social media platforms of Twitbook and Facer. Um, Facebook and Twitter. We are cover, uh, at Cover B Podcast. Yeah. And we're both on Instagrams. We are. But it's not Cover B related. It's no, like yeah, it's cats and cosplay and streaming and stuff. My Music. Face. I sing. If that's something that would interest you. <laughs> it's not. Anyway. <laughs> Rude. She she was bitter this whole episode. I gotta bring her down a peg. Um, I'm snarky. Snarky morning. So anyway, thank you for listening. We will catch you next week. Uh, we might have might have a Wednesday episode. We might not. We'll see. Mayhaps. Um, but we've we had will several. So. At the very least, catch you next week for our weekly episode. Uh, so yeah, have a good weekend. Get out there and do some stuff. Do some fun things. Play some games. Yeah, games play some are games. Fun. Um, and read some comics. Yeah. Thank you guys. We will see you next time for more. Cover, Cover B. B. Peace out. <laughs>